people have been kind of exhausted by I mean the whole umbrella of issues that this represents but it has a special representation for me in particular so I wanted to uh, just open the room and just let people kind of talk about it um so there's, I got a caller right away. Cole wants to say something. Go ahead, Cole. Unmute your mic. You can, you can speak to this. Cole, can you hear me? Yeah, I'd much rather talk about you know how Twitter is getting fined by the FTC for 150 million because they violated their their privacy agreement. I'd much rather do that. But instead, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room. So the reporting last night was is that DPS waited over an hour, an hour. for people with shields to get there to enter the building while this the shooter was picking off little kids and teachers and they weren't allowing parents to go in and retrieve their kids because they didn't want any more people to die at the hands of the shooter because then they would feel like they were liable okay so that's really bad news and of course you know it's very unpleasant to 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 witness and understand but you know it's not the first time we've encountered incompetence as a result of of a mass shooting of course it the mass shooting is is the fault of the shooter and i think people kind of get lost in that because they have lost loved ones and you know they want it to be anything they want it to be about anything but the shooter because the shooter is gone. The shooter is expired in in many cases. Uh, not all, but many cases. The shooter is is, uh, is gone. They they are taken down in the event. And <clears throat> so there's there's all this speculation that people are grappling with afterwards. They speculate and they try to reverse engineer the event which is typical of any kind of super super traumatic event that happens you know they try to to go back in time and fit together a puzzle that doesn't make any sense this is patently insane 
what happened in Uvalde was insane. A kid crashed his truck, got a gun, and went into a school and murdered some kids and some teachers. That's what happened. That's that's the minimal version, but that's what happened. Um, I think what isn't necessarily being covered as much and has been covered some, at least in the in the days that have followed up, I'm sure that there's more more coverage forthcoming and then we're going to learn some more is that this kid had like $5,000 of like ammo and body armor and he was able to to kind of hold off some of these DPS workers they were shot um, in, in progress of you know like he wasn't easy to take down they had to get a special unit guy to come in. Or they chose to get a special unit guy to come in to to deal with him. So it's it's that kind of stuff is being reverse engineered because DPS wasn't 100% honest about their efficacy, their efficiency. And Uvalde's a small town. A really small town, like a cow town of 16,000 people, but bad stuff happens there. They're really close to the border. Um, they're definitely in that crap sandwich where a lot of stuff is going on. And I guess the upshot is that, you know, if there is an upshot, if there is a bright spot, Biden will be coming down to the border area. And I'm sure he'll get briefed on a variety of issues that have more to do with the shooting and the border. Now, there is some there is some speculation. I speculated that it's possible that his mother, who was, you know, kind of a ghost in this scene. I think there was an article from the Daily Wire that she, she said that she was going to bring a Snoopy doll and some cake or something to try to show him affection and I think that this woman is is pretty lost because Snoopy in this day and age is not not a prize for an 18 year old kid and from what I could see you know if the pictures of him that I that have been recirculated circulated recirculated he was a kid that was engaged in some online stuff. And he looked like maybe he was engaged in some of the transgender um, narrative. Maybe. You know, the other s- side of that story is that perhaps he was prostituting himself, which is something people don't like to think about. But he dropped out of school. So anytime a kid that age drops out of school, something something has gone terribly wrong. And he wasn't working. Um, they said that he was, you know, it was simplified in reports that he was bullied in the schoolyard for not having enough money. I'm like, okay. You know, the other side of that is that nobody in Uvalde is loaded. I mean, there aren't, there isn't like a rich district of Uvalde. Most everybody is lower middle class, lower class, destitute. It's a poor commu- poorer community in South Texas. So my thoughts are that if he were 
bullied for money or ha- having lack of money. It was probably somebody who was shaking him down for cash who didn't have any. And maybe it was a gang member or somebody who was gang affiliated. He's at that age where, are you a viable male? Take this gun and work for us or else. So he's that close to the border where that kind of thing could be happening. Um, American kids are recruited. American Latino kids are recruited like pretty routinely to go do, you know, drug services um, for cash. So my thought is that nobody's said that directly, or maybe they have. I'm saying it directly, is that regardless of this kid's proclivities, he may have been recruited by people who had money and means and arms, which are narcos. And what was said on another program um, on the network is that, you know, most of the arms are, are trafficked from the U.S., that makes sense. We've got a lot of ammunition. We have a lot of we have a lot of a lot of weapons, and uh, there was a lot of weapons trafficking to the narcos, you know, by the ATF under the Obama administration. But I, I don't think that that's you know a comprehensive like where it all came from. So, uh, let me see, Josh is calling in, and he's saying, I gotta drive, I just wanna listen anyway. So, that's cool, Josh, you can just kinda listen, I'm gonna be kinda spooling my own speculative thoughts and kinda working them out, because I, I just don't think that people are joining these, these conclusions yet together, they just, this is the looking the other way part. People have been looking the other way at the border, and the things that happen in these smaller cow towns and communities that are closer to the border in context of drugs, drugs administration, and who lives there, and who gets it, who gets enlisted to perform these these drug services, mule services for for the higher um, higher paid narcos. You know, the coyotes are one business. That's like one line of business. It's a, it's like a vector. Um. Of course, I'm not like an official or anything, but this is kind of common knowledge at this point. So the other theory, the other working theory that I'm kind of looking at is that maybe his mom had some existing drug debt. And everybody in those areas is kind of quiet, meaning they don't talk about what happens. Everybody's, it's like this this condition of... uh, Compliance. You just you just don't talk about what happens. So nobody knows anything. Nobody sees anything. But stuff's going on, guarantee. Because it, it goes like this: You should talk to me about the border. Oh yeah, I'll talk to you about the border. And then nothing happens. Like they don't call back. They don't come around. They're like, mm. they just don't talk. They're just they just get real quiet. So, you know, that silence is always telling. It means that they know more than they're going to say, because if they say anything more, then they're going to lose some sort of patina of of, uh, protection from not being noticed. And those 
people who live there, you know, I, I wouldn't say that the the uh, the narcos are are overtly controlling everything, but you know, they've they've gotten used to this level of being kind of like a government if they decide to be in Mexico. So they just apply the same, you know, gangster logic at at will in South Texas. And of course, you know, these are not, you know, greatly enforced communities with big police forces. DPS is a good, good policing agency, but I'm going to tell you something that I think is true, is that at times, some of them have become corrupted. Some of them are inefficient, some of them are incompetent. And some of them are corrupted, and some are all three. So, um, that's not good news, but it is sometimes true. And I don't, I don't think, of course, of course, not enough is being done. I can pound the table and say more should be done, but I can't, I can't make it rain in Uvalde for law enforcement resources. There's like two or three offices in that entire government. And it's like the mayor's office, the police force, and maybe maybe medical, and that's it. That's all you get. Um, the place where the CPB is headquartered, I guess, in um, Harlingen. You know, they have they have two two real industries there. It's it's the CBP, the Customs and Border Patrol, and and like medical. Like, if you live there, those are the two things that you do for money. And that's it. These are really poor communities. And farming, you know, if you farm, that would be a way to make money. Wouldn't be a way to make much money, but that would be the way to make money. So this kid didn't really have, like, uh, he wasn't like a lightning rod for future prospects, for sure. Um... I, I do not buy that his grandparents knew nothing. They knew something, but decided to look the other way. And it would be sad if this kid had gotten involved with some some gang-related industry and then ended up you know, doing any number of sundry things to to pay for whatever, maybe pay down his drug debt if that's what's going on. Um, pay down his family's drug debt if that's what's going on, or just just you know keep the keel even. Like we will not attack your family if you join our gang. That's the other thing that they do. Join our gang, and we'll we'll we can ensure the safety of your family. <laughs> So nobody talks, because they want they want the young men. They want the young men, like warriors, to to go join what they do, and then they do what they do. Hmm. So the Ganja Ninja says, living in Albuquerque, New Mexico, I've seen the immediate downstream effect worsening the situation down there. So Nate. Would you like to call in and speak of what you know? Border communities are welcome and we're invited. 
There he is. All right, unmute your mic and speak up. Bottom left-hand corner, a little microphone icon there. You just hit it. There we go. Okay. There you go. All right. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I, I've grown up. I mean, I wasn't born in Albuquerque, but raised here and still here. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, clearly geographically not that far, but really economically it's not that far from Uvalde either. Really is not in, you know, Albuquerque is like, is really similar to any other mid size. Yeah, yeah, very similar. If you are not involved in uh, healthcare here, uh, if you're not involved in, there's Sandia National Labs and Kirtland Air Force Base, which, you know, consistently have gotten funded because they're involved in, uh, you know, nuclear technology and have been for, for many, many decades. But aside from those, it is, I mean, you know, this is an economically depressed city, incredibly. There's, not much um, to not, do. No, not money. much to do. And, and really anybody... It's literally almost down to the person that anybody with ambition, uh, talent, so many people leave that, um, you know, it, it's, you would have to live here to really, you know, to really understand or, or, and to know what it's like, but it's a very, it's depressed in the, you know, in the most real way. And it, it's, uh, it's sad because, uh, you know, a lot of people are here. A lot of people are, are in this entire area, but, um, I think more and more people want to leave, you know, they want to leave, they want to go to places with more economic opportunity. And, um, and yeah, it's, um, yeah, it is what it is. And, and so I, you know, hearing about Uvalde, it's, uh, it's sad because you know, some of the things that are going on and a lot of the things that aren't going to get talked about because they're not really national issues, but it doesn't mean that they're not, you know, really influential in what in what is happening. So, um, so yeah, thanks for thanks for looking at it in a different perspective, different light. Yeah, I invited as many known Texans as I could to kind of come to the program and, and speak of what they know. And I do appreciate you kind of you know at least speaking to the to the the piece about being a you know border adjacent community and not having a lot to do not a lot of economic prospects the other problem I think is that if this kid was recruited by gangs and if he was you know put in a in a really tough position by either his parents or his family to 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 kind of be the human shield from the gangs um, he wouldn't he would have resented that he would have resented that and he would have maybe lashed out and said, this is not my choice. I'm just putting myself in his shoes. And that would be a reason for him to to make the, some sort of calculation. If there were a loose calculation. There are, there are so many, I mean, that, that narrative, that story, um, I mean, I work with people who came from that and came know, from what came from situations lives like that where they grew up i mean they grew up around violence you know this was like a normal thing 
and they either had a sibling that protected them. Um, but gang violence here, I mean, it is so, it, it is such an ingrained part. You know, it's, it's one thing that's always like, oh, around. It's common. Oh, and it's, 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 uh, there are things that happen locally here that are, uh, where you know this is not a, this is just a local gang, something a local gang would do, but this is, uh, significant of something that a cartel would do. And they don't get picked up by the national media, but they happen here, you know, on the regular and just even, you know, for decades in terms of gangs and the, you know, in terms of drugs, you know, that opportunity, that's opportunity for, for people. And it's, you know, it's a, it's not the kind of opportunity that, that clearly, you know, a healthy society wants people to participate in, but it's real. And for, there's a area in Albuquerque, the South Valley, and it's just known that, you know, most of the gang violence happens there. So I live adjacent to it. And it's, it's not just the bad area of town. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's segregated. It's, uh, mm. you know, all the, the classic things that, uh, that you would think about in relation to gang violence. I mean, you know, we've got a huge piece of it here and, um, and it, you know, of course it affects people all the time and, but it's, but it's, you know, that is kept alive by, uh, not just the demand, but by the proximity to the border. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's one of yeah, those they, things. They, because don't, they will use whatever is, is there. And if, if there are concessions made, meaning like there's, there's concessions and no intervention from surrounding communities or law enforcement task force or anything, if they don't protect our communities from gang infiltration and drug infil- like cartel infiltration, then the cartels kind of just move in subtly and then they start just they just start capitalizing on the land um, there's a story that's that is developing I can't you know say a hundred percent everything that's going on but it is common knowledge and been common knowledge about the colonias and this is on another program we talked about it with uh, with the constitutionalist candidate running for president um, he just left his farm he was a quarter mile down from a narco and I call it the narco embassy because they have several mansions and then adjacent shanty towns that shelter people who come over the border to do whatever it is that they're going to do you know that any any form any variety of different amenities that they may or may not be providing uh, in labor or um, or you know barter for the cort- for the cartels meaning like they're paying down debt they're working it off in the farms they're you know so they live in these little shanties that are adjacent to these enormous narco mansions and there are just several of them right there. They're just squatting. Cartels, the cartel administration is squatting in Edinburgh, Texas, and nobody says a damn thing. You know, and of course, I've written to major, major news a- agencies to try to get them to, you know, just why don't you just send a drone over the area? You can go to Google Earth and see it. You know, I sent them the address, like, you know, go to Google Earth and, and look at it. 
it's there and then you know they're around you know that they're not like overly bold but they are definitely around they have opinions about our politics well, and if you if you talk to really anybody who works down there, right, who works uh, for any, really most, most any agency that has to, that cannot avoid working around the border, I mean, it's pretty unanimous in terms of that that is something that's going on all the time, whether it's uh, human trafficking or drug trafficking, and it's, it is so common that I think... When you say that unanimous, that that's kind of a broad term unanimous in what way I, I think that it's recognized that that it's a reality that what oh you mean it's just common knowledge it's just known right right exactly but I think as you for whatever reason you know politically as you uh, draw back further and further you know and you go to like a 10,000 foot 30,000 foot it just you know this perspective is lost and it, it becomes really a, for what, you know, it, it's just not a, it's not a sexy kind of story that, because it's a complex problem and it's a messy problem. And, yeah. I, you know, they're, so yeah, it's not really discussed at, at, at this like federal sort of, uh, or, you know, probably within like, uh, you know, media. Uh, circles within like the beltway with what people you know back east would be talking about but it's nonetheless like incredibly real but anyway i i have got to uh i've got an engagement but sheila thanks for for talking to me and uh and it's a great discussion so thank you yeah yeah it's it's uh i'm glad you joined i appreciate it a lot um nate your your contribution is definitely welcome you're welcome to come back and speak anytime thank you have a great day. You too. So we got Joe Citizen who's decided to drop in. He says American politicians are working and protecting the cartels. That I was about to just jump in on. So, yeah. They know some of these these uh, South Texan, Texan politicians. They know and they are protecting the cartels. I would definitely say California politicians are protecting the cartels. And here is how they do it. Um, so what they do is they get property legitimately or illegitimately. In, in the case of Edinburgh, they just squat there after they kick people off of their land. They pay cash for the, pay cash for the, for the strip of land or whatever. And then they'll they'll muscle off farmers, or you know they muscled off Thomas Drake, and uh, you know then they just use the land for whatever it is that they they seem to want to use the land for, and they make partnerships with people in the local communities, people that have been there for a long time, people that are like basically families that have been on the land for a long time know the community really well you know unofficial mayors and such and they buy their buy their way in corrupt their way in and then they get representation and then they they get access to lawyers 
and the lawyers tell them, okay, well, here's what you got to do to launder your interest legally. And, you know, if, if you want political influence in the United States, well, you get yourself a nonprofit, and here are the groups that are sympathetic to the, you know, get out of my way, I'm a criminal cause. And so there was this allegiance that happened, this simpatico that happened anyway with the fentanyl traders from China and the CCP and jailbreak communists and socialists. And it it's late. I was late to the game to kind of figure this one out, and I feel really bad that I didn't figure it out. But the people who want no law enforcement whatsoever, people, people who want to completely remove... All jails, all prisons, all the, 100%. Not, you know, let's get rid of excess corporate prisons. Not, let's get rid of, of um, you know, prisons that are inefficient or are just housing the mentally ill and not giving them treatment. Uh, no, all prisons, all law enforcement are bad. The entire justice system that can criminalize anyone should be abolished today, right now. That cadre. And it is that cadre who went to war and hit us in our soft spot in 2020. You know they're real. By large mansions. Took full advantage. And the socialists went to town on... And they got, they got far. They got very, very far on white guilt and Microsoft technologies and, you know, DEI and all of this. So, but what they didn't understand is that that in the Southland and in Texas and here on the border where the cartels are operating, they are financing, you know, leftist legal. Leftist legal. So what does that look like? It looks like people who have uh, special inroads to get social security numbers in the te- state of Texas, like here in Austin. You know, so you get this, these really slimy types who are like, listen, la, 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 you know, if you need a social security number, let me know. Um, and so there, there's wheels being greased in ways that are just overly disgusting, unctuous, salacious, really bad that they weren't like 10 years ago because the cartels have just grown astronomically rich from all the trafficking. But they have exploded with largesse and wealth um, since Biden's, you know, facilitated them. Okay, they lost a bunch of money because of Trump. So they hate Trump. Um, They are interested in Trump but they hate Trump because he he depressed their bottom line. The coyotes that that's big business. They built these people, you know, 3 to 5 grand per head to get them over the border and they use those people as control in these towns, you know, and they're all sprayed all over the United States. People with cartel debts. You know, and, and I have tried to tell people that this is a national security threat. Listen, you've got people laying around with cartel debts, okay? Which means that they threaten people, if you don't pay your debt, we'll do stuff to you. We'll come for you. And 
they do gangster stuff right in the middle of the day. So, and you, you just, it, that's a force multiplier to have that many numbers that just, just the, the sheer numbers. Like, if they couldn't pay it off in full, which in Latin America, it's a rarity to come up with, like, a ton of cash and, and do something about it. But, you know, these people are laying around in plain sight. Um, they're in these, these uh, little massage parlors. They are doing farming. They're hidden communities. Quiet communities and, and all the things. That, yeah, everything is required to be quiet and unseen. So they find ways to keep everybody really quiet. The family around this child, Ramos, quiet. So that is kind of one of those big flags for me that it's possible that the kid was involved. Yeah, and the amount of guns and ammo that give the high dollar amount. The fact that he had body armor and access to it. Where the hell did he get all that shit? How could he know how to engage in a firefight with DPS with any efficacy to a point where they'd have to call somebody and somebody in the police force knew that he was cartel. Okay, and they're like, there's no way we're going to take this kid down. He's got history. Call in, you know, the the border sniper cuz we're not going to we if we do this, we probably won't make it. That's what I think happened. They knew this kid was cartel and um and had just lost his mind. He's like, so if we're going to get to motive, I'm going to say if there was a motive for this kid to go into a school, he probably didn't want children to face a future that he was living currently. And he had some real resentments, you know, for being forced into this kind of life. And, you know, yes, he was lonely. Yes, he was troubled. Yes, there were flags. But, and, and yes, maybe he was an incel, but I don't buy that entirely. There's a lot of stuff that they are not saying, not looking at. So that's why I wanted to kind of go to this elephant in the room business. Um, if anybody else would like to jump on and, and say a few words, I would really appreciate it. Oh, hey, Joe. Would you like to jump up and say anything? Nope, I think everybody's kind of tired of talking. Anyways, <laughs> there's not there's not much that that people can really say to help the situation. I'm doing my best to offer what I know. And again, this is all speculative, you know. But it does have signs and signals that I'm sure in a forthcoming investigation would be really interesting to kind of make a public knowledge. Because this is the kind of investigation where you can't avoid that anymore. They're going to find out that this kid was probably a, a cartel worker. And they're like, what the hell is a kid, an American kid, doing that, that deep underneath you know, the boot of the, the narco cartels? And then we're going to have to talk about that. Because it's more common than you think. And, um, and, and like I said, the quietness, all the quietness. So let's go back to cartel legal. Cartel legal is uh, where they they pay the socialist groups, you know, so, socialist immigration groups, groups that are, 
you know, pro open borders, like unconditional open borders, not like human rights people. Sometimes they look like human rights people, but I'm going to say, hi, Ellison. But they they overfund super leftist, pro-criminal, pro-abolish all police, pro, pro-abolish the entire third branch of government, abolish the entire justice system, okay? There's some cartel money in there. I guarantee it. Because... The, the police are the only obstruction that the cartels have. Law enforcement, federal law enforcement, like DEA enforcement, any kind of law enforcement where you can put a cartel member in the jails. And then even there's even propaganda from there. Their propaganda that says, oh, well, we'll just organize everything from inside the jails. That's only true to some extent. You took their labor force off the table. So their agenda, if they have one, if it's political, is to eliminate the U.S. justice system. And so if you've ever seen, if you saw any kind of, you know, semblance of an agenda that said, let's get rid of all police in total, total, that was funded by criminals. That was probably funded by a coordination of CCP fentanyl traders and the narco cartels who are benefiting indefinitely from the business at the border. So I don't need to say it again. I just wanted to put that out there. There there are people who are true believers, definitely useful idiots. You know, true true to the die, like Socialists who would be like, you know, no, there's there's real academic reasons for us not wanting the third branch of government and not wanting any type of law enforcement whatsoever. Complete anar- anarcho-communism. That's what we actually believe in. And I, I am, I'm sure that's true. But I don't think they had the numbers, the money, or the force that they have ever had in the past. Like, two years. That came from sincere business development south of the border. So, that's all I have to say about that. So, anybody who wants to jump up and talk, you can. So, I think I've spoken towards the possible reasons why this kid would have gone in to harm children. Um, The guns piece of this in Texas is not as, you know, that's going to be taken up, you know, ad nauseum on cable news. So I don't don't really feel like there's much I'm going to add or detract because they're going to say all the arguments for us. And, uh, but I'm going to say things here that aren't going to get said. And I realize it's an AI show, but we have to just clear this out. The consciousness is full, and people have to understand that there were other pressures, colossal pressures on this kid from his community that could have produced the type of terrorism, terrorism, sorry, that he... He unleashed on that really small town. 
So this we each have our own way of grieving. You know, I felt awful. Like I I have not been myself for the last couple of days. And uh it's been difficult to sleep. <laughs> I, again, I'm I'm suffering from a a cocktail of shame, embarrassment, you know, just shock. Um, there is an emotional aspect to it, but you you don't want to let it ruin your day entirely. You got to function. So, so I guess you know if if I were to to give you one good good last extra push, just take care of yourself, and you know look around you and appreciate the ones that are in your community that are they're doing the right thing, that are going about their business the right way. Reward them with kindness and a smile if you can. You know, be nice to yourself, and and just just kind of be grateful for the things that are normal, that are going your way. So I'm gonna look at some of these comments from uh, from Joe Citizen. It says the federal government has never deemed the cartels domestic or foreign terrorists, but have accused Americans of being insurrectionists. Well, yes, yes, and. Uh, some of the Americans have been accused of being insurrectionists, but I don't. That insurrectionists and insurrectionism around the the January sixth people. Um, I th- I think that that's just kind of political, and you know it only matters to like a fistful of people in Washington D.C. The rest of us are just kind of kind of got our hat in our hand and we're waiting for public service and um, you know if if California politicians are being quiet about whatever the cartels are doing they're getting a kickback somewhere in the food chain because they're quiet too when Joe Biden looks the other way at what Mexico's narco government does it's because Mexico had enough power and influence to, to get them to do that and um, I don't I don't think these people are incapable or that they're prisoners I think they're corrupt they, they're prisoners of their own uh, greed and moral turpitude their, their chains are driven by their own you know greedy desires and you know, people who have sycophanted their way in to tell them they're above the law. No one can touch you. No one can touch you. And people in the media who want to reinforce a narrative, intelligence agencies who want to re- reinforce that era- narrative that, you know, if you just get to this level, nothing bad will ever happen to you. And I think that that's, that's protection. The people who say that are protecting the corrupt. So... If you ever hear people say things that that are like that, they are protecting the corrupt. Don't make any room for them. Don't apologize for them. Point it out. Say that that person's protecting the corrupt. And don't make allowances for them. Don't let them get away with it. Call them out. Say, you're protecting the corrupt. You. You who say, there's no way that law enforcement could ever come after someone who's like a Hillary Clinton 
or a Nancy Pelosi or a Bush. You know, those people are protected. And if you don't say something, then, you know, maybe maybe you're going along with it. But don't be taken for a ride. Don't don't get taken in. You know, if if they want to become an accessory to the corruption by applauding it and celebrating the protectionism of corruption, corruption and corrupt people, then you know, don't facilitate, don't don't ingratiate, don't let them have their delusion. Yeah, Joe, would you like to come on and talk about these January six folks? It's not it's not my my bag, but you know what? I don't think they've been treated equitably. You know, for for what they've endured, like they need due process. What has happened to them is that they have been denied due process, and there's the new they they are treated like Guantanamo prisoners, <laughs> and. You know, I, I don't think I'm proficient enough to talk about what happens to them, but there's a lot of news coverage on the major networks, and particularly some efficacy of coverage on, on Tucker Carlson's show. Okay. I mean, it's depressing to know that we, you know, we've kind of devolved into a place where, you know, yeah, it was upsetting to watch the January 6th events because there was a smattering of events all over the place. There was a similar action the same day in Washington State. So there was like, while there was a January 6th thing happening at the Capitol, there was a mansion, the governor's mansion in Washington State, and they were getting, you know, they, they, went over the fences and they crowded around Jay Inslee's uh, you know, governor's mansion. He wasn't there, but I think maybe a couple members of his family were there and they just kind of left. But they tolerated this for a while. And it, it was people, they didn't have guns or anything, but they were just kind of angry folks who were, had a lot of signs and they were just kind of shouting at the house. And uh, I remember Dan Springer from Fox, who's the Seattle Pacific Northwest Fox affiliate, was there. He got into it with some of the people that were there. Um, they started pushing. There was an altercation between him and some of the people that were there. Um, and that that particularly sucks when you get your you're a press person. You're just trying to cover what's going on, and you get attacked. That sucks. But it's always a it's always a, a risk, you know. You go to a highly volatile situation, <laughs> you might get physically attacked. Um, you know, there was just so much going on. There was so the emotions were just so high, and I don't really have more to add to that. I mean, it's kind of in the rear view and. I think that due process should be afforded to all people who end up in a in a jail. I think I'll talk for a few more minutes and then I'm gonna I'm gonna take off. But this is um this has really been something 
to think about. I'm going to to kind of have an observed moment of like silence or quiet time and reverence for the victims. Maybe maybe people haven't done that on their programs yet, but I'd like to do that in these last couple of minutes. I'd like to just observe a few moments of, of quiet and you know, maybe say a prayer for that community and all the people in it in Uvalde. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit here and have my moment of quiet and prayer for those kids and their family. Okay. So, any any final thoughts before we we take off? Joe, Allison, you know, I'll read your notes here. Joe says, "I'm tired of crying for kids." Yeah, a lot of tears shed. Good morning, Allison. Thank you for joining that AI show. It's not our typical fair, but, you know, we're just kind of clearing it out. We know it's taken up most of the space. No, yeah. um, I'm from Texas, so I just wanted to, like, I'm from North Texas, which is, like, really far away from where this happened. But I'm just, I guess, I one, I was just trying to, I came at the very end of the conversation, so I wasn't sure if I missed anything, but... Um, but yeah, I'm just, so I'm da- also, what area like Dallas or yeah, I'm in Dallas. Yeah. I'm in like okay, the suburbs ahead. of Dallas, which is like, um, yep, so, okay. but I mean, this is kind of like a, I don't know. I'm, so I'm 32. Um, oh, hold on one second. I gotta get past some people. I am on a walk with my baby niece right now. 
so that's where we're, where we're at. Um, I'm, I guess I'm just really tired, you know? Um, I'm tired yeah, of, like, politicians use for and Hey, Allison. Uh, yeah, um, I don't, I don't I'm trying to. Um, yeah. Oh, you're, you're sounding a little robotic. I don't. Okay. I don't know if you can get to it. How, how's this? Is it better now? Oh, it's that's way better. So, okay. so continue. Sorry. I just want to be able to hear you. No, I, I know I'm getting far away from funny. my house. Uh, so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, I was like, I should have disabled the Wi-Fi right away, but I didn't. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm real, real, real tired. Um, and, of course, like, I mean, I've been following the coverage, but at the same time, I, like, I can't, I can't follow another children's shooting in lifetime anymore. Um, I did that for, um, I remember, I remember Columbine. Um, I was, like, maybe in kindergarten at the time. Um and then every other mass shooting that comes either school shooting. I mean, I remember exactly where I was when Sandy Hook happened. And then for this one, I guess I was like, there's been so many shootings in the past, you know, a couple of weeks that in particular, um, like especially in Texas, um, we had the three people, um, that were shot, um, in Dallas, in the, in the Dallas Korea town. And then in general, we have, you know, they may not be like classified as mass shootings, but we definitely have shootings like regularly here. Um, so like when I went into like Wednesday, I guess it was, or Tuesday, mm-hmm. I don't even know what day it was now. Um, I was like, oh, you know, probably just like a couple more people got dead, you know, didn't think much of it because like, like yet again, this happens all the time here. Um, so, and then just like the number kept growing and growing and growing. And I was like, well, I guess the cops didn't do anything, you know, and then finding more and more you know information as like more and more information is like clarified. And, and it was just like, literally the cops didn't do anything. And they have this, I don't know if you saw the, I mean, I don't know where you stand on pro cop, anti cop, but I'm, you know, I think we're not really getting our, our due for what we're paying. Um, there was a picture of the local SWAT squad or whatever that took over an hour to show up. And it was like, even though they're just like a couple minutes down the road, you know, um, took an hour to show up. Um, and it was like, they were all decked out and all those cool things. Like I think giggle guns and they're so cool. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, excuse my language, but like, you know, we're getting all this money and yet, you know, stuff like, and I was like, maybe we should be spending our resources on not guns and decking out our police with all of these like fancy toys and instead should be spending more, you know, more money and resources inside the community, um, you know, with young people, with young men in particular, um, since it seems this to be, uh, you know, young men's issue um, versus, I mean, I just want to like, you know, point it out there, but um like, I guess I don't, I haven't. Yeah, I mean, only- we did cover some, or I covered it. I covered some of it. I think that there's, there's definitely a lot of looking the other way. Yes. Um, at, at what is going on with, with border communities. And one of the, a couple of things that are, are atypical for what, um, the discussions will be allowing is that there is cartel recruitment of these young people some of them are in gangs their lives are hidden their pain is hidden and uh and then they snap they are isolated as hell um in in some bad terrible situation and they don't feel like they can talk about it 
and then they snap. And they, I think the reason why they choose schools, um, if I were to speculate, and that's all I've got. All I've got is speculation. I don't have facts, just speculation. But is that they don't they don't want the future generation to end up like them. So the only way to stop that is just to stop their lives, which is which very really perverse make- logic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, so there's been talk about like, oh, were they mentally ill? And, you know, same thing, you know, gun right. Like, I think what's happening is like, I mean, it's obvious now because like, if you talk to any young person, like literally any young person on the street, they will tell you like the economic situation, the worldwide situation with like, you know, we're on the brink of, you know, nuclear war or war all the time now. You know, young people in particular have never seen a peaceful time by the United States. Um, and a lot of, and then you bring up the fact that we have, you know, cartel um, influence or maybe not even cartel influence, but the lack of influence from positive, you know, that's enough i mean you're right you're right yeah yeah, there's like that's what i'm saying like so should we be spending all this money on cops um in that particular community which is so very small and they have such a large was it 40 percent of the communities like that city of evalde their um you know their uh 40 percent of their municipal budget is going to the police yeah i mean Um, we talked about that we talked that that they've got two lines of income and one of them is the police oh yeah that that we know of you know i mean that's just like that's just the you know that's the money that we know of like there's could definitely be outside um influences um and like i don't know anything about those cops in those area you know um i just think it's I guess, like you were saying, like we were saying earlier, like that 40% of the municipal income going towards, you know, in, and I'm just like, what, what are they doing with that money? Like, really, you know, I mean, I know they're spending on guns. I know they're spending it on like cool photo ops, you know, but are they actually engaged in the community? And maybe like cops aren't the best people to be engaging with the community because community largely distrust them. And I have no, like, absolutely. They should distrust them. Um, I would never trust cops. If you're having a problem at school, if you're having a problem with gangs, like, cause you never know those cops could be dirty. And like, now there's a name. Oh you know, yeah. yeah. You're not going to trust a no. dirty cop. You know, well, it, and, well, and these schools at the border, they, they've got they've got <laughs> influences of like both yeah. both cartel and cops. Yep. So if yep. you've got a dirty yep. cop working yep. with the cartel, yep. and then yep. people from gangs inside of your school, yep. you're not gonna you're not gonna you're want to keep your head down. Right, right, and I and I think that just I mean, there's the the growing distrust of community with people that could actually you know potentially help, and that's why I'm trying to think. I mean, this obviously is not a one-off situation as we're we're coming across this like in multiple places by multiple people who are completely different backgrounds. I mean, sometimes we deal with an intersection of like young men with sorry, young men with. Um, you know, white supremacy and online communities, you know, pushing that. Um, I mean, that was the situation in Buffalo and in many other places. But then you have like situations like this where you're just like, I'm not quite sure where this kid was coming from. And it was like, maybe, maybe there's some like really deep rooted American culture that we are, that are pushing, um, these young people to act in such incredibly violent ways. And the fact that they can easily procure guns easily, like it's not even, it's not even a difficulty. And people are like, well, oh, well, you had to be 18, blah, 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 this, you know. No, you go to a fucking like. Sorry, excuse my language. You go to a gun show and they don't give it. They don't care. You know, they'll give you a gun and they'll give you a gun with more than enough ammo. They won't give you a gun. You have to buy it. This kid had like five grand, like plus, and he had body armor. Right. Where the hell did he get the cash for that kind of thing in Uvalde? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe he saved it all up. You know, he had just turned 18. I mean, I'm sure there's a way to track where the cash was coming from. Um, I don't think this was an inside job by any means. I do believe this was just another use. Um, and I don't know if they're like all in the same brain wave kind of thing where they're, you know, going down this spiral on YouTube or Facebook. Um, and which, I mean, honestly, the algorithm does feed those kind of like dark thoughts. And if you don't have some like something to distract yourself or you have some some outlet um, and to, to be able to redirect those negative thoughts or, you know, someone to tell you how to deal with them, like they do, you know, they do weigh a whole thing. And then, I mean, you could even go into the fact that a lot of communities, a lot of families don't trust mental health. They don't want to speak to their children. They don't want to like even like hear these thoughts coming outside of their child's mind. So they completely shut it out. And it's like that the family, um, you know, the community around them is usually the first people who says, oh, that's that's something something's going on here, you know, and I. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm real fucking frustrated. I'm frustrated here. Oh, yeah. That yeah, it's frustrating as hell. Murder is their close female family members. Um, I'm tired of, like, this, the whole, like, okay, well, we gotta, we gotta talk about mental illness, we gotta talk about guns now. And I'm just like, why are we talking about the culture, the American culture of violence that is obviously, like, you know, taking over these children? Um, I mean, children, I mean, you know, 17, 18, but honestly, they're kids. They can't even, like, they can't even rent a hotel room or or borrow a car, um, or, or get a, you know, drink beer yet that they're more than capable of, you know, like arming themselves, training themselves in such a way that they're able to murder children. Well, I mean, they, they are sent off to war. That's, that's yes. one of the realities yes. of, of manhood in this country yep. is that as soon as you are 18, you, you need to sign up for selective service yep. and yes. to enroll. That's the other way out of a poor community and like yep, that absolutely. of Uvalde is to join the service. Yeah. And, I mean, um, I wouldn't really call it. I would. I, well, I mean, good way of putting it is calling it service. But I mean, I mean. So I also from the armed the, uh, the forces. Town, yeah, the ar- yeah forces. Um, the armed so forces. That's what the, they're called. You're yeah. the police. You go to. Um, I mean, in like so many jobs in particular for young men are going to be those kind of jobs like women for example i'm just gonna be really sexist here be like some of the jobs you can get is like childcare, always you know always available um but like for young men usually we kind of funnel them into this violent kind of thing and then you add on top of it they've had this culture of i mean i don't like obviously the not the blame is not on video games and the blame is not on you know pieces of literature and movies and things like that but i think american culture in particular really aids itself to this violent tendency and then you have the American government constantly going out and essentially murdering people in other countries and in our own country don't mind you like I mean the military um, I mean you call them police but the police are you know do regularly murder innocent people um, so mm-hmm. if you believe that the government or local police are already doing these you know terrible deeds and it's perfectly okay perfectly okay for the government to do this no one's talking you know like can't be anti-war you can't you know blah 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 and then and, you know they, they take it into their own hands and I'm like so I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm very curious about what the pipeline is, how we can maybe create, you know, a better, a better culture going forward. And one that is more like, you know, we care and listen to young people. We care and listen to, you know, what they're going through. We don't, you know, obviously don't validate, you know, um, like, you know, bad thoughts, but at the same time, like if these, 
young people are having these sorts of thoughts of either violence towards themselves or towards others, like there is a reason and we have to either like, is it, is it socioeconomical? Is it, you know, uh, like patriarchy and misogyny? Like is it white supremacy? Like there's obviously all these little rabbit holes that people can go down. Um, and I'm just, I'm curious. I feel like we should have better conversations about like why it is that young men in particular um, are, are going down these paths. And I think it's just, I think it's a, an, a, like a multitude of reasons um, and that maybe we should try to, you know, find those reasons and actually do something about it. Um, like, obviously, like, like I said, they always get down into this path of take away the guns. And I'm like, you can take away the guns, but those young people are still going to feel those same thoughts. It's just going to be harder for them to act upon them. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I have I have a few ideas. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm not by any means like any kind of certified public official or anything but I can't I've been around a while that's what I have um you know kind of in the decision making class now the decision making age group Gen X yeah exactly and um what I can say is that we're social problems will be with us um and adolescence is always hard um what is different about today versus like when I was growing up is that adolescence is it was excruciating when I was going through it. Um, there are different pressures in, that are kind of compounding. Social media has not helped. Social media has caused young women to become suicidal and despondent, and young men to probably make choices that are that are pretty bad. You know they're not they're not they're not great choices. They're exposed to porn way too early, um, and they're you know they're told they're shaped by a, a some sort of loose, unincorporated peer group that is unaccountable to them. There's just no accountability whatsoever on the internet. So there's there's the element the hidden element of cyberbullying you you must engage but when you engage it's always punishing. So uh, you know it, it just makes it kind of not worth it in in a lot of cases. You know these are people who are trying to figure out what friendship is, what relationships are. That um, they get off to themselves and then they get told things about themselves that are absolutely untrue. They get influenced in ways that are negative. You know, let's say that they're told something terrible about themselves. They get off by themselves, and they 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 start they start mulching on it. They start turning it over in their head, and and you know they they start trying to think about how how it is true or how it is false. You know, they're they're they want to shape the future of their own personal identity, but they they feel really helpless because of the way the internet happens so so there's that 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 helplessness there is a learned helplessness of kind of being reliant on the internet so that's that's one thing that i can say here on that ai show is that the way we use technology has not improved the lives of young people who are coming up it has made it decimating and and inaccurate they're they're concluding things about themselves that are completely untrue and there are influences that have nothing to do with right I mean fact or fiction they are just like they want 
negative clickbait in order yeah. to get uh, the churn. Right. And that is horrible. Right. I mean, and the algorithm in particular, like, I mean, there's the freedom of the algorithm, I guess. Like, how, how, like, I, I think... I got Allison, so tell I me know. what you do. Like, what is it that you do all day? I am currently unemployed. I've been unemployed since January of this year. I used to run a pretty successful music store, but I got COVID um, and I just couldn't stand for long periods of time anymore um, or do what I, so I essentially did a, you know, I took a break um, and I'm now caring for my um, two-year-old niece as like a, you know, babysitter essentially. Um, She's sick today, so we're out for a stroll um and but i in you know in my you know in my nighttime or when i'm on, my, on, on the internet i'm very much into like very left spaces um a lot of which i wasn't sure actually what your show was um this was the first time i kind of clicked on it but i i i, I felt the need to talk about this whole situation like immediately oh yeah it happened, it's the elephant in the like, room you're you were definitely you know, yeah, you like, know. And I think these kind of conversations is like, I mean, there's there's right and wrong and like kind of in between. And so I I I really thank you for like kind of making a space open for people to be able to talk about their thoughts and feelings about this situation because I feel like not enough people are actually open to those kind of conversations. Like they want to have the conversation about like what can we do right now or like, and I'm, I'm I want to think about like what can we do in the long term because this is a trend for the past you know you know couple years and I'm like young people are just going to continue down this path. And I'm like, so I'm 32. Um, I, so I, I kind of grew up with the internet a little bit, like, as in like, it was still pretty un, like, I didn't have YouTube. How about this? I didn't have, YouTube didn't exist until I was in high school at least. And like, because of the lack of internet, like infrastructure, um, in Texas, like it was really hard to get to the internet anyway. Um, I do think it's like a much different place now than it was. I think there's a lot more women and like femme influences onto things. So like, at least we can find something because back when the first beginning of the internet, it was just like gore porn all the time. Um, because it was a, a man's space and I still think, um, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't want to go down this path, but I, I think toxic masculinity, I think patriarchy, I think some of these and also like all the you know influences from tv and negative spaces i mean we talk a lot about girls mental health and us having heroes and us having representation but i'm wondering if sometimes you know especially young men of color or young men in general you know they don't see themselves as people they're not recognized by people by the government or by their peers um it's really hard for them to get a job um and there's just a lot of stigma and i i if they don't go to school if they do go to school um there's just a lot of mixed messages and i feel like maybe there should be um, better messaging, you know, better messaging that is actually reaching children um, and, and as they grow up so that they, they, they shy away from these violent tendencies. They're more open um, to talking. I mean, this was the purpose of, you know, like, I, I, I am, so I am a devout atheist, okay? But I want to say, like, the church, you know, did play a large role in a lot of people's lives so that they had people so that they would, you know, talk to in confidence um, and, the, you know, a community center. Um, in general, I feel like, because not necessarily because of the internet, but because of American culture, we have itemize ourselves into such individualistic and isolated um, situations where, like, maybe the internet is our you only place become pod people. Pod. You become pod people. 
literally was. And, and, and I'm, I'm I am one. I, like, I've also gone down the spiral. You know, I have also, like, isolated myself and not got outside. And I would talk to my friends, but they're, like, random people I met on the internet. And, like, maybe one day I meet them in real life at, like, a concert or something. But but they're all women, you know? And they're all positive. It's, it's like a Sims situation. Yes. Oh you're, you're like a dart, you know, like a human dart yes. on, on the, you know, GPS you know, board. No, seriously. And, and then, like, I, I gotta log my steps. You know, if I don't compete with my steps with my friends who I know IRL, you know, um, and I just like the fact that I check on my friends based on how many steps they are, you know, on on the Fitbit app to see. And I just I worry, I worry a lot about what's going to be happening. Um, I mean, even my niece, you know, she's two, but like we were watching TV and you know she grabs her the phone and like I'm not one of those people who are like, okay, we could have absolutely no you know no screen time because like who am I to say that? Like I I literally screen all day, um, but I grew up in a vast different time where like the internet was such trash that I kind of got desensitized and I learned the coping mechanisms to get around the extreme trash because if you did it you're gonna end up in a nasty place um and uh. I think young people especially young men don't have there is no na- unnasty place for them you know, um, I mean, like, hmm. even if you go to the Minecraft, you know, go to the Minecraft little boards where they talk, you still, and you, and you unmute, you still find people, you know, who use racial slurs, who talk negatively. And I just, I, I, I think maybe that's we just, need to be more That's just like poisonous, toxic culture. It is. It is. And people, and you write it off as like, oh, that's just, that, that's just poisonous, toxic culture. That's just, you know. I, I'm not writing it off. I mean, toxic okay, is toxic. That's yeah, what I, right. I actually play. Right. a beat coming into the today's programming uh-huh. and it was it was it was toxic that was the name right. of the because you don't go in and it's garbage in garbage out your humanity yes. Yes. is 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 input output right and um I'm, I'm making it a technical issue but but that kid was filled with garbage yeah. and he would like, never he was filled with murderous garbage yeah. Otherwise, he never would have overflowed onto his right, community. Right. Yeah, and, and so we've got it's to- his community too. I, I guess that's I like so the El Paso shooter. Um, you know, he was from Flower Mound, I think, which is in North Texas, and he drove. You know, oh my God, that that's a long drive to El Paso. Oh, Ramos like, is from Uvalde, so I think it was yeah. his community. No, that's what I'm saying. It is from his community. So like, I I'm I'm extra curious as to like why why was it in his own community because obviously this is a very different story than some of these other like white supremacist terrorist attacks that we, we talked about it girl we talked about it south sorry. texas is a whole universe away oh, from, yeah. from oh, dfw okay yes. and and yes. you know there's there is shit that goes on yeah. at the border that people yeah. don't deal with other places like right and in la and san diego and you know New Mexico, like places that are closer to the border, they're exposed to they're exposed to cartel violence. There's no yeah. way to get around it. Those are the, those yeah. are the big men in their in their world, like right. the big you know jefes, the bosses, the people who have the badass cars, the people who yeah. have money, are people associated with the gangs and the cartels, right. So and, this is and, the influence of this one one person, but th- like obviously there's a deep. I mean, I guess that's the point too, right? The big men, right? It's the big men in the community that are like 
they they see the big men the, they're here not well they have heroes. they have the money and the thing is yeah. is that you you want economic opportunity if you're a young man you want to be able to provide for yourself provide for your family especially if you're latino okay that that's a huge thing with latino men is like they they need to provide for their families and you know to be obstructed from doing so because the family puts pressure on you in that culture like you need to go out and get a job you need some you need to be making money and supporting the family like right now because you know they they start making babies early okay you know there's a, there's a lot of you know there's a lot of catholic pressure you know to you know hurry up you know get married so you're not you're not living in sin so that's a latino specific yeah. issue okay so get married have babies make your family you know provide for your family but it's still a small community with limited resources and they have to there's the the pressures are still the same you know they right. just have to you know they have to do those things and so i don't think white supremacy was as much of an issue oh no uh, yeah every situation is different obviously you know <laughs> um but you know, like white supremacy is kind of ingrained in everything in, in some way. I and do not, not believe that, Allison, and I just want you, you to know that, that you know okay. you don't have comportment here uh, or consensus. I mean, you're you're welcome to share your views, but you do not have consensus on that here. Okay. Well, as someone who, well, I, I mean, I haven't, I have traveled in many countries, and then I have, I, I guess, so like you said, it's this toxicity and. There's a variety of ways in which toxicity can be like, you know, put like cultivated, I guess. Um, and like that is one portman on, on the internet, you know. Um, so maybe one person goes down that, that, you know, that path, but, and then another person goes down a different path for different reasons. Um, but the violence, the violence is still the same. And I think there's a, there's a violence issue here and the lack of humanity, the lack of actually viewing another person as worthy of life, of worthy um, of, and I just, I'm, I'm very, I'm trying to think of the good words for it, but I'm just really, I'm really concerned about, I mean, this is just the beginning of summer, right? Like people need to, I mean, yeah. as a tech, as a Texan, someone where it gets hot, like people start getting violent, you know, um, and there starts there starts to be. Oh, yeah, every yeah. I mean, like this. this is all par. Um, it's all par. You know that. You know, if there's halt. That's yeah. something I can give. That's a tool I can give to you. You know, as as a community <laughs> use tool for it's it's hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Do not act yeah. when yeah. you are hungry or H can stand yeah. for hot. When you're hot, yeah, yeah. angry, lonely or tired, you know, kind of, kind of just cool down, find ways to manage your own, own self. And then there, there must be a way to kind of pull people away from a negative yeah. headspace. They've got to yeah. be able to feel like they can connect with, yeah. with positive influences. Right. So, I, but if everybody yeah. around you is either ignoring you because they don't want to yeah. deal, mm -hmm. yep. okay, they don't want to deal. This was looking the other way, a hundred and fifty percent. They don't want to deal. So there's there's routine alcoholism in in the male community, community of men, men who don't want to deal with their problems. 
I know a lot of men who just don't want to deal with problems, so they're like, let's watch sports or play Call of Duty or drink or all three. Yes, but all three especially. You know, um, or distraction. Yeah, distraction. <laughs> I mean, and like, I, I am also want for distraction, don't get me wrong, but like, the distractions are different. And I think the distraction also, like I do, is like typically by myself or I'm with other, you know, my, either my family or I'm with like other femme people. So if I start going down a, you know, I'm worried that there, there is this feedback loop and you're on the internet within families and like you, you, you know, you would talk to, you know, about like the, like Hispanic influence, Catholic influence, um, you know, toxic masculinity and, you know, all the other influences that you can have in, in border communities, but also in border communities, there's a lot of, Poverty, deep poverty, um, and poverty yeah, we talked has, about that too. Yeah, there's like that, two lines of income, and we talked about one of them you. being the police, yeah. right? Right. Okay, and the other uh, ones like maybe yeah. healthcare, or yeah, farming. yeah, I think healthcare or just just hope, hope. You know, um, I feel I feel like that's kind of what a lot of people are lacking is like, especially if they're they're going down that they they're they've been in poverty since the beginning or they've had some okay. money, you know, and now it's deteriorating, right? Because of, you know, we're at a huge inflation point and then um and in general just you know, wages have not been keeping up with the times and when you're kind of isolated and I know the cities are quite big, you know, um, but it's it's hard to leave the border you know it's hard to leave the valley um just like it's hard to leave my community but fortunately you know i i live in this big you know dfw metroplex so it's different like if he doesn't have a car if he can't drive you know um if you know if there's you know if you don't have someone that you can like i'm just allison i've got to challenge a little bit of your logic here because this kid got body armor and five grand and guns right Okay, so he had a truck. More suspicious, like he had a truck. He didn't, he didn't have a driver's license, though. He no, I mean, but how license. unusual is that for Texas, really? It's no, it's not. It's not okay. Like, that's okay. The five thousand dollars suspicious, but having a truck, having guns, having you know, I mean, honestly, even having five thousand. What does that say to you for the for the community that he was in? What does that say? Right. To, what does all the math add up to? You're saying that are you are you stipulating that maybe the cartels paid him to do this? That's one or, of the venues for income in that community. That's what I okay. want you to understand. Yeah. Okay. So maybe he got the money from cartels. You know, from doing things and, with or doing things, and, and or he, for the cartels. Yes. Okay. Yes. Do you think this was an initiation of some sorts? No, no. I think the reason why the, the, the CBP called in their, you know, Escobar, like, elite um, was because he was already – he was known cartel. That's why – okay. that's that's my speculation on that right. is that the community already knew he was buried in it. Yeah. And, and he had well, been I mean, in other firefights. Really? Okay. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> that's just – yeah. Okay, here comes Joshua. Thank you for calling in, Allison. You're yes, welcome lovely. to come back yeah, anytime. Again, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Hey, Josh, how's it going? Uh, whatever. It's not going well. We know it's not going well. Um, <laughs> I do, um, thanks thanks for so, giving the program another shot. Thank you. No, no, it's not a matter of giving the shot. It's that you're, you guys are on track. So, I mean, your spider sense is tingling in areas that my spider sense has been tingling for years. So, uh, but I'm in a rural community um, that is not a border community, but has all of the police services here from the FBI down. We got plenty. 
but also like it's very quiet um you do n- i don't necessarily know who you can and cannot trust i don't know who is or is not operating here we have a lot of graffiti you know i know they're low level operatives at the best these are not cartel bosses um but it's just like <laughs> graffiti does not constitute no shit i just <laughs> what hey what no Sorry. you're going completely leftist on me no uh, go ahead I'm not saying just, that, that just we're kind of laughing at the, at the graffiti, I, like, like taggers. Hey, Go ahead. Hey, you know what? I chose. Okay, fine. I'm going to laugh at you because I chose not to bust into Biden talking about this stuff to stay on this show. But you guys keep trying to rehabilitate these ghosts. Like nobody's rehabilitating Biden on anything. Nobody. Oh, and no, nobody's no. rehabilitating Trump. Nobody's rehabilitating these guys. They are not the answers. Quit bringing up their names. Oh. Like we just need to put clown one and clown two next to their names. I oh yeah, the, these the, politics is not the answer. That's that's definitely a hundred, a hundred and fifty pure cane sugar there. Politics okay. is not the answer to this problem. Also, like our intelligence services that keep asking for more money, like we've given you so much money, how much more? Where intelligence is the intelligence? What the you? fuck? Where is? stupidity dude where the fuck is the intelligence or why don't they want us to have it because they don't trust us to be able they're to involved i don't like to hey wait are we in a kleptocracy are we in a kleptocracy i i think so sir i think, I think uh, sir you don't don't call me sir i've never had I, i'm a so rank. formal i'm, I'm <laughs> so formal sometimes right. i'm so sorry it's, it's, all right have to apologize. It's, it's a formality. I when I when I give hard news, I, I use sir I and not... ma'am and go ahead. Yeah, hey, Josh, this I is hard news. I all the time. Yeah, it's it's operating now. That's... You can go ahead. Okay, great. My mic cut out. This is hard news. I'm having trouble even talking right now because I do not want to be glib about any of these things. I can't like the humor and all this stuff. Like it's hard. Like, uh, but uh, uh, I'm gonna drop you mean off. You're not and go a talented comedian. Is it too soon? Is it too soon to make a joke? Um, of course it is. Yes, it is. Too soon to be funny about it. Thank oh, you. Josh, you went robotic on me. No, just donate some money. Take your swear jar and donate some money. Okay, yes. And I think that that's an excellent place to like, leave, leave the, uh, leave the uh, program right there. It's 1010 okay. in the AM. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. so appreciate you coming by, dude. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for, for endorsing that AI show. Come back anytime. You're all welcome. Um, you know, we'll have something, you know, beneficial to say about AI next time. I think we did cover some digital aspects of this, so I'm really glad everybody showed up. Thank you for joining.